welcome again to the Dad Pod Games Cast, a show where two and sometimes three dads or dudes or girls, whoever, get together and talk about games and stuff adjacent to games, dad stuff, and or just trying to do this hobby while getting older and having less time. I'm one of your tri-hosts again this week, Joe Owens, and as always, to my right, your virtual left, Eddie Rathke. Howdy. And this week we have a treat uh, for you, all the way from China, our good friend Kyle Muntz. Kyle, how are you doing? Doing fantastic. So we wanted to have Kyle on because we sort of talked about this before, and I think maybe every episode or almost every episode, I've at least mentioned uh, Streets of Rage 2, uh, one of my personal all-time favorites. Uh, we were going to do an episode on beat-em-ups, you know, punch the can and take the meat, uh, if you will. You know, there's uh, there's so many <laughs> well, games where you're finding random sources of sustenance and <laughs> whacking things to get it. So what meat is it in uh, Streets of Rage 2? Is it, It's not chicken, is it? It's Or ham? I, I think it might be a full turkey. I think it's a full uh, turkey. Yeah, two, b- both legs still in. You, 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 yeah. yeah, you get a turkey. I think, th- I think what they all should be is that real cartoonish one where it's like just a bone through the center of like a cylinder of meat. Yes, you guys know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I do. Yeah, hundred uh, yeah, percent. Like that's, the, I think that's, the, that's um, cartoons from the '90s. I think the emoji for meat or barbecue or something like that is that is that emoji. Yeah, what, what slice of meat is that? I don't know, but who, it's the best who, one. It's, I think it's dinosaur meat. I think I saw that first on <laughs> Simpsons. Or not Simpsons, Flintstones. Man. Flintstones. <laughs> Flintstones. I, I, I recently was playing Gauntlet. I was playing one of the new Gauntlet games, and, and in that one you find whole chickens, but you can destroy the chickens. And that oh. was so sad. Every, every time I destroyed a chicken, I felt so bad about myself. That poor that poor chicken. Man. That's yeah, uh, coming. Well, they probably did. I mean, if if you're in a video game and it's a beat 'em up, it's your fair game. Uh, cars, trash cans, uh, telephone booths, fire hydrants. <laughs> I think before we get too much into it, we should let Kyle introduce himself maybe a little bit more. Yeah, absolutely, Kyle. Tell us who you are, uh, what you do, uh, why you're here. <laughs> yeah, wow. Well, yeah, I was gonna say you could uh, you could answer that, or but you know, it's a very existential question. Why are any of us here? Well, to justify my presence a little bit, I have no good justification for why I'm here. But I'm I'm a writer. I'm the I'm the writer of uh, the Pain Eater, a kind of literary horror novel that came out with Clash Books last year. Uh, I also I teach in the writing program at New York University's Shanghai campus. But mostly I'm a nerd and I love to play video games. I made I made a video game maybe about three four years ago, a, a sort of like stylized dark fantasy role playing game called The Pale City. And I am an on-and-off hardcore gamer. And in relation to this particular topic, I have played maybe like 15 beat-em-ups in the last few years. I uh, love beat-em-ups in a very complicated, very comp- very kind of like cognitively dissonant way. So I can't yeah. wait to talk about that. <laughs> and and that, that just basically makes it perfect for, 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 this, for this podcast because yeah. you, you sound incredibly busy, but you still got to find the time. To, to get those games in. Um, Kyle is not a dad, but he has been friends with uh, both Eddie and I since before we were dads, uh, and he was uh, gracious enough to make time for us to uh, to record all the way, you know, across the world, 14, 14 hours in the future. He's a, he's a time traveler. I felt lucky to break my way into this. I just want to talk about punching dudes. Punching yeah. dudes and walking <laughs> uh, Punching dudes... <laughs> Throwing dudes. What? That's the whole. That's life. 
so punching dudes walk to your right well exactly Spin kicking dudes now, yeah. uh, Derek if, Zoolander famously can only turn right. So. If you remember in one of the Genesis X-Men games, if you go left, uh, there's like an Easter egg. Uh, you're, you're, you're pre-programmed to go right in all these games. But if you, if you break the mold and go left, uh, uh, I, I don't remember what happens, but it's some, something cool, something cool, especially. I think, I, I'm trying so to remember what it, happens because no one ever did that. I did it I mean, recently, I, and I, I don't it, remember what I happened. That. I you get the arrow, you know, you get the kind of the kind of cross being like, don't go this way. You're going against the rules of reality. Yeah. Yeah. It's all about going to the right. But we don't care. We don't care about we don't care about no reality and no rules. So an interesting thing, I think, about us doing the episodes in this order is you wanted to talk about Street Fighter because it came out before Streets of Rage 2. Yep. But in some of my research, I did uh, Streets of Rage 2. While it did come out after uh, Street Fighter 2, Street Fighter 2 effectively killed beat-em-ups for, for basically ever. Beat-em-ups still exist, and they are played sometimes, but like Street Fighter 2, and especially the way it made uh, video games sort of uh, tournament style, yes. just decimated the beat-em-ups, which were a pretty popular uh, genre Man, until they were like, that point. like the genre, I think. Uh, <laughs> outside of Mario, like outside of like the, the very you know, popular first party mascot platformers, you know, uh, like for, for me, uh, my, my, my experience growing up was Mario, uh, in, in the games that came with it, you know, duck hunt and world-class track meet and, uh, like double dragon, like that, th- that was, right. th- those double were the dragon two I played. Yes. Yeah. Those were like the two. Cause I never played, actually, I never played the first double dragon or the second one in arcades. Originally I played the NES versions of them first and then eventually found arcades, that had those cabinets still. And that's when I realized like how like double dragon looks really good in arcades compared to the NES. But like what I knew was the NES version. So that's, that's what I played. Well, for yeah. me, and I mean, go ahead so for me. Beat em ups are kind of mythologically and fundamentally tied to the arcade, right? That's kind of, that yeah. was kind of the era, the era when you were a small little human thing. You were maybe six years old and you had a fortune in your pocket. It was like $4 in quarters, which you had stolen from the, the large human who took care of you. And you would just go with your, with your treasure trove and just feed it into the machine as you went. So for me, it was always like the Simpsons, X-Men. Yeah. The Simpsons. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, maybe double dragon, but I don't know if I played that on consoles or, or in a, uh, or in arcades, or also there was like this cowboy themed beat 'em up where you would, you also could shoot guns, but you River, also was could that punch. River River City Ransom? It might have no, it might no, have no, been. or Wild Guns, maybe Wild Guns, Sunset Riders. No I think it was Wild I, I, guns. I remember all these games. River I just, City I Ransom, get them all. I did play though too. I get the I get a lot of these mixed up uh, in my in my head because a lot of them were very similar, and it would be because something <laughs> something would be popular, and so they're like, oh why don't we do one of those? And so you would get lots of uh, clones of clones. And sometimes you would get bad ones, like uh, like Bad Dudes was not really good. But, you know, we sure do remember, are you a bad enough dude to save the president? Because that was a line, yeah. <laughs> that was sure a line they said in that. So, um, yeah, like, like beat-em-ups were ubiquitous. They were just, they were everywhere. On all consoles, on all, they were in all arcades, they were everywhere. Yeah, and one of the interesting things too is that they uh the idea for beat 'em ups is much older than the first one, but they didn't technologically they couldn't do it yet because mm. it's really where like uh graphics 
really came to the forefront because in order to animate someone fighting, you need to animate their whole body. Right. Like with Mario, you just have a few, you know, a few stances and you got Mario. Right. But if someone's going to throw a kick, you got to throw that kick, man. You, you, you need cool. Yeah. You got to have both like, and, and they did like they had really good <clears throat> artists doing really good sprite work. Um, yeah. and, and the cool thing I think about beat em ups when you think about sprite size, I know that that doesn't necessarily equate to a better game. Um, a lot of people will uh, like argue that like the original Castlevania games on NES are better because you know Simon or Richter are you know whatever like the characters are smaller and they take up less screen space than like the giant sprites on the Super NES. Hmm. Um, I don't really know how I fall down on that because it sort of depends on the day. I do. I mean, Castle, uh, Castlevania Three is like my favorite, but like Castlevania Four is not the best. But man, it is sure impressively doing a lot of things. Uh, you know, with those large sprites. And when you get yeah. to beat em ups in the arcade, like those sprites were enormous. Like those dudes were huge. <laughs> and so you're going Wolverine. from like, yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. Just think about like how, how small everything was on like console. And then you go to the arcades and they're all big and colorful and they move like extra nice because they have all those extra frames of animation. Mm. Very yeah. Good. And I mean, that's kind of, you know, going back even to what we were talking about with street fighter, Part of the love of beat-em-ups or the desire to go play a beat-em-up is you walk into this enormous hall full of shrieking machines and shrieking toddlers, and you're like, that could be me. Yeah. And so I, you walk, you walk up to, to a, a, yeah, a pile of those kids, and you know they're, they're 3D, and you're just kind of you're seeing those pixels on the screen and mm-hmm. waiting your turn with your pocket full of quarters. Yeah. Well, well the, a beat-em-up is actually kind of the ultimate surreal dream, right? Because you're this muscle usually muscle man let's say you're this you're this yeah. kind of mighty muscle man and you're just walking through the streets of the city and you're beating up every everybody that comes at you there's yeah something you're, it's you're, kind of you're the Mike ultimate power cleaning fantasy. up the city yeah, yeah it's like the ultimate power fan so speaking of double dragon 2 i actually did play double dragon 2 just about two months ago i was with a friend of mine in a, in a bar in guangzhou and they had this machine which would allow it had a bunch of old arcade games on it and we beat all of Double Dragon 2 maybe in like a two-hour sitting. And oh, it, it's so it good. was interesting because there is something about playing a beat-em-up with a good friend of yours. Just like sitting yes. there and smashing those little buttons. And yes. even though even though I am, I'm now 33, this, I, I feel somehow that the, the, that the ritual smashing brought us closer. Uh, me and yeah. this good oh, friend 100%. of mine, we're... we're, we're, we're we have, we've risen to a new level of brodom but i did think that there was something missing because the machine we were playing on it gave us infinite continues and i think that the the infinite continues they both are comforting but they're they kind of cheapen the experience somehow because the real experience was to was when remember earlier i was talking about the horde of quarters right and the real experience of playing the beat-em-up is the sheer utter panic when you you're on a usually you're on a boss right and right. your horde of quarters it, it runs out usually because this boss has killed you two or three times in Sim, if it was the Simpsons beat him up it'd be the some random boss rolling around on a ball in the middle of the street and it kills you like three times and one of you is still fighting and the other runs to your parents to get coins to keep playing and I think that that suspense yeah. it. I think that at very few points in my life ever have I relived the sheer 
fear and also sheer joy if I actually manage to get the money and bring it back on time. I think that that is true bliss. That is the peak of my time as a gamer. And it's part of the reason why I, why I return to beat-em-ups today, even though that particular aspect is it's 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 lost it's as lost as the yeah joy of childhood yeah i mean, I mean the other oh, the other part of that is that uh you know when you run out of quarters there's some little kid right behind you who's like i got quarters it's my turn yeah and then you jump into the game oh man you go buck wild and your friend is sitting there he's like come on man you're supposed to wait for me it's like no way man i, I had to go this is you a were, boss fight you, you were he, here yeah. you, you, you he, it was he, time it was go time it's go time he needs my help this boss fight it's not it's gonna happen whether we like it or not yeah um it's inevitable so, like i mean Thanos. there's this kind of communal the communal aspect of beat-em-ups and uh you know fighting games was i really think one of the secret sauces that made video games become what they became like we all love couch co-op and that's great but that uh being in front of people seeing just Hooting and hollering, people going wild. <laughs> yeah, I think for, um, for for my money, the the arcade experience uh, is is at least close to equaled by doing beat 'em ups at like a birthday party. I, I feel like if you've got a bunch of your friends and you've and you and, yeah. and if nothing else, you got an agreement like who's got next, right? Like one person dies, like a fresh person comes in on the next controller, you know, and you just go past the controller. Yep, you just rotate. Um, Cause like for me, like I have so many birthday party memories of like video games and playing video games and, uh, just get, you know, getting as far as we could, because it seemed like when you had a big group with you, whether it was in the arcade or at home, you felt like you didn't feel invincible, but you felt like you could take on anything. Like you felt like Mm. we got a real chance of beating this, you know, yeah, you know, so-and-so from across the way, he's really good at Axel in Streets of Rage 2. He's going to... He's going to like help us, man. Like he's really good at this game. Like we we can beat it today if we just get everybody together. Right. And this kind of, you know, uh so I played some Streets of Rage 2 um the last few weeks and kind of like what I was saying with Street Fighter is a uh, there's I don't usually say that there's a wrong way to play video games, but the wrong way to play a beat 'em up is by yourself. Like you're just these are not games that you're meant to just play by yourself because ultimately they're not that fun that way yeah i mean they they can be but like yeah like for for you know you're waiting you're waiting like you're this would be so much cooler if i had you know eddie and kyle on the you know on the game with me right now and maybe maybe that's the better way to say it's not that they're not fun it's that like every second that you're playing it you're like man think of how much fun this would be if anyone else was here right and uh so i've tried to get my son to play like the new ninja turtles game with me a few times and he'll play a little bit um but uh, even though he just has to hit the one button, he sometimes gets it, but he just still kind of prefers to watch me play, which is fine. Right. Um, he I think he really abs- loves the Ninja Turtles. You're absolutely right. You cannot play a beat-em-up by yourself. I've tried to do it recently. It cannot be done. I don't know what it is. There's something about a beat-em-up where I feel that they bring the communal aspect of of gaming to life in a way that no other kind of game does. Because I swear that when you are by yourself... The game, for me at least, it might be different for you guys, but the game verges on just like super boring because mechanically, you, yeah. you, you're literally just hitting right and pressing X. You're hitting right, pressing mm-hmm. X. Sometimes you dash, sometimes you jump. There are a few games that complicate that a little bit. I might bring those up later, but mechanically, you're, you're dealing with gaming at its absolute simplest. And for me, when, right. I'm, a, when I'm alone, I become aware. I, and this is kind of the, the, the paradox 
of a beat 'em up. They're mechanically, to me, potentially the least interesting kind of game. A lot of them don't even have skill built in, though the new Ninja Turtles does. There's a lot of skill in the new Ninja Turtles. Streets of Rage, uh, Streets of Rage Four, which you will be uh, pleasant, pleasantly surprised or happy to learn, also does like it's like very similar to the Ninja Turtles with like actual move sets. Yeah, exactly. So the thing that I love about beat 'em ups and and is that. When you play a beat 'em up, this game, which by yourself is maybe the least interesting kind of game, at least for me, you play it with somebody else and it becomes the best game. And I think there's something there which captures the specialness of the genre for me. It's it's this communal thing. And so for me, I, I've always played them specifically with my brother, and, I, and it seems to me somehow special that I'm 33 and I'm playing beat 'em ups with the same person that I played beat 'em ups with when I was 20. When I was nine years old in the arcade or however yeah. old I was. Right, absolutely. There's something about that, that there's there's this nostalgia. It's built into your life. You remember, and, and you know, you play with somebody else, and the, and the game comes alive, and that's awesome. That's what I think is special about this this particular genre. Yeah, you you are the ones that, the, like, uh, the, it's the, 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 the communal aspect that breathes the life into the to the game that makes it other than what it is on its own. Yeah. Like well, I, I was. It's funny that you guys mentioned this because, like, I've thought about this too, and this is why the perhaps all-time worst beat 'em up, almost like objectively at this point, is the Super Nintendo version of Final Fight. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever played that, but it actually is only one player, and they took out Guy, which I think is like the best dude in the first Final Fight. He's he's orange. He looks like kind of like Ryu from Street Fighter, but with like an orange gi instead. And uh-huh. uh, like, I just liked the way he looked. He was bright and he was fast. And so <laughs> like when I played it in the arcades, I would always pick him, even though, you know, uh, it was always tempting to be Hagar, the dude with the big muscles. Uh, and he was I also the mayor. He's cl- cleaning up, cleaning up the city. He's got green suspenders. Uh, and uh, you couldn't you couldn't do any of the of the magic on, at home on Super Nintendo because you only had two characters, Cody and Hagar, and there was no guy and there was no co-op. I also just beat this game with the same friend in Guang. We, we beat Double Dragon and we beat Final, what, not the one that you're talking about because it had co-op. But what a, what a yeah, well, beautiful the, experience! In the arcade, in the arcade, Final Fight had co-op. You you could okay. be any of the three dudes. I don't even. It could have been three player, but I do know for sure it was at least two player. And, but the Super Nintendo version was just like, here, play this at home. It's not even the full game, and you don't get to play with your friends. <laughs> I just remember so, thinking the, the, the beautiful, hilarious oddness that the big muscle man is the mayor. Why is the muscle yes. man mayor out beating up people on the street? I guess he's taking the law into his own hands, but that just is so funny he, to me. The, the mayor, when he said he was going to clean up the city, he's going to clean up the city. Yeah, one pi- one punch at a time. And uh, uh, canoni- canonically, that city is also the uh, is the same world as the, it exists in the Street Fighter universe. Uh, in Street Fighter Six, during the part that's basically a mini uh, Yakuza game, uh, you are in the city uh, of Final Fight. <laughs> I was just I was actually just reading about this. Um, I can't remember now, but I think that there was, I think Final Fight came out after Street Fighter. And it was like an attempt to Street Fighter One. Yes, it was. It was possibly going to be Street Fighter Two, if I recall right. Right. Yeah. And I think that um, that was like what caused the problem. Is like so Street Fighter was it was it did okay. It wasn't like a big hit. No. And so they were like, well, we'll jump in on the beat 'em up bandwagon for the sequel. 
and uh, I think it was initially released as like Street Fighter Two, um, and people were like, "What is this? This isn't right. Street Fighter. This is not." So it's like the same thing that I sort of enjoyed that I played before. Yeah, so they just changed the name to Final Fight, um, and then Street Fighter Two, of course, is the greatest fighting game of all time. Oh, it's so good. Like we talked about. And indeed. I mean, there's a whole reason we started there. Yeah, but it is interesting. Uh, Streets of Rage 2 has an interesting relationship to uh, Street Fighter, I think, because of the fact that it has special moves. Right. Um, and I don't know if it's the first one to have special moves, but it is, like, it's different, you know? It adds something besides you just punching and kicking. And right. sometimes grappling. Uh, when you're... When you're in trouble, you can do one of these special moves, or when you just want to show off. But I found an interesting aspect is like, uh, it takes away from your health. It seems like yeah, they do that in a lot of games, which is not my favorite thing that no, a lot of beat 'em ups. It's so did. different from the Ninja Turtles. Yeah, where if you do a special move, you just feel freaking cool. Well, the well, earlier Ninja Turtle games did take special health moves. away. Oh, go ahead, go yeah. ahead, Kyle. There's something about the mystery of special moves, and again, actually, I think this is a, a time thing, but. When back in the day, also in the arcade days, when you could stumble upon those special moves, they felt so much like a hidden kind of treasure. I think probably the best example of this is you guys probably remember back in like the Mortal Kombat days when you actually had to figure out those special moves by yourself. Or I even vividly remember, I remember asking friends at school how to do fatalities in Mortal Kombat. Yeah. And I and I same same. I remember when I'm playing beat 'em ups, and you would stumble on the special move, and there was something about that special move, which it doesn't exist in special moves for me anymore when I play games today. Even though uh, I played a few beat 'em ups recently, which do have special moves in them, and they can be really interestingly built into the game. But that, the first one to do it, it probably it hit the world like like a like a wave just of awesomeness when you're especially when you're a little kid playing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, absolutely like uh, the the special move is like in streets of rage one which uh i have discovered that uh kyle has not played but like you do the special move and then um i don't know if it's all of them or if it's just like axel like the main dude um but you push the button and the, it pans all the way to the left and a car a cop car pulls up and a dude with a rocket launcher comes out the window and shoots literally grenades or a grenade onto the scene and it only devastates the bad guys you're you're fine but like what? yeah it's so good <laughs> it, if you have not uh seen this uh you need to check it out because that that's incredible uh you're you're, you're calling in air support basically Awesome. I do think something is missed by younger generations and that they don't realize how awesome some of this stuff was. They don't. Like, it just, especially because it essentially came out of nowhere. Yeah. You know, it's like, you're playing your game, you're punching, you're kicking, you're having a pretty good time, you're, ho- you're hooting and hollering, your kids are shrieking, and then uh, all of a sudden, someone calls in air support, and I guarantee the arcade just, like, erupts and, you know, kids are bleeding out their eyes they're falling over i oh, can't you, believe it you, you, you know? i remember when we did when pants we did are wet it. everywhere yeah, we just <laughs> we just we couldn't we we were just really bummed that it wasn't like a thing you could just infinitely do you know you're limited under right. specials because like calling it like because that just devastated everything on the screen so what you did is you either saved it for the boss or you did it for like overwhelming crowd control if just too many dudes yeah. were on the screen you just called it you just called in the grenade launcher and they were done it was great it's just Ah, oh, it's just incredible, incredible feeling. Yeah, I mean that's still how I handle, um, uh, 
it in the new um, Ninja Turtles. Like, yeah. sometimes there's just, all of a sudden, there's 15 dudes on screen. You hit X, and you're just like, hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, just wreck them all. Just in, yeah. it's well, just well, instantly. played the new Ninja Turtles, right? I, I recently beat this game, and I, I loved this game so much that... It, I really felt that they had paid so much attention to the environments. They it, it reminded me of so much of the old Ninja Turtles games. But yeah. at the same time, what I really think was interesting about the, the new Ninja Turtles game is how much space there is for... There's a, there, the, the system is built where if you want to, you can really build on your technique. It's got very sophisticated yes. dodging mechanics. It's got very yep. sophisticated attacking mechanics. It's got a long progression system. And it, it's interesting because it builds a lot of these modern touches into the old framework of the beat-em-up. And what this really makes me wonder, and it makes me want to ask you guys, is how do you feel about these attempts to add kind of modern complexity to this older genre? Because the, the, the beat-em-up maybe right up along with that other old genre the shmup right the shoot 'em up mm -hmm. the beat 'em up and the shoot 'em up mm -hmm. and one you go right and the other one you go up but those are the absolute definition of simplicity they're they're gaming taken to its most sort of fundamental primordial levels and and do you get do you guys it do you guys uh, think that the beat 'em up needs these extra levels i don't know if it needs so. it but I, I i actually love it eddie what, what do you think so I think what you're talking about is something that's very clever um, that retro games do now, which is like what you want from a retro game is you don't want to play a game that is identical to one that came out in 1989. You want to play a game that feels the way it did to play it when you were seven or six. Mm -hmm. The feeling of playing and, it is what you want reproduced, not the right down because to the pixel they just, of, the, of the original yeah. game. Yeah, because if they just re if they just made it exactly like the old Ninja Turtle games, you'd be like, uh, "This game kind of sucks and is like crazy hard yeah. for, for no reason." Yeah, you would um, you would absolutely it would absolutely feel that way because it would be designed to get your quarters if it was replicating down to the you know to the to the studs yeah, and, all the way down to the to the core of it from what it was in 1990. Right, and I think that the new Ninja Turtles game is a little too easy until you get to Super Shredder, um, but again, it's like it's for five-year-olds six-year-olds it's like that's fine who cares it also has like four um, higher difficulties too yeah it does that's true too yep. but like i think the modern touches are necessary to make the game because otherwise i would have played probably you know three levels and been like this game sucks um but because it so uh precisely reminds me of what it felt like to be six years old and playing the ninja turtles game you're like oh man this is great. It's great when a game is mechanically fun to play, but also hits your nostalgia at the same time in the like perfect way. Right. It's kind of, um, you know, Sea of Stars just came out. I haven't played it yet, but Joe, you have. Yes. And so it's like oh, it's the so goal. And I mean, we just talked about Chrono Trigger too. Uh, so like the goal is for it to feel like Chrono Trigger, which, uh, you know, they probably don't have to do that much modernizing because right. as we talked about, Chrono Trigger already feels like a game that, doesn't need to be modernized it right. still feels super good to play but it's like that's what you that's the magic of it like if you're gonna make a retro style game like final fantasy you don't want it to play like final fantasy one because that sucks i'm playing dragon quest dragon quest uh one right now and uh it kind of sucks i mean um, when you compare it to like what you've like learned dragon quest can be and what right. you have experienced dragon quest being uh going back right. is not always easy so 
Yeah, but like if you can replicate the feeling that you had when you first played those games, which is sort of uh, wide-eyed wonder, uh, that's that's the magic. Eddie, I just wanted to really quickly tell you about Sea of Stars. One thing is that uh, if you were to take and mix, if you were to like have Chrono Trigger's battle system happening, but you were also uh, mixing that with equal parts Super Mario RPG's battle system. Ooh, mama. So um, I figured I could sell you on it by just just letting you know. Not only are most of the characters really like already endearing and like like great and really well done, but like you're gonna, I think, especially enjoy uh, that that combat system. But uh, yeah, back to beat 'em ups. <laughs> <laughs> I was already sold on that so long ago, but uh, that makes it even more of a you know. Speaking I about play. these modernized games, uh, the other reason I wanted to come on here is. I wanted to talk about two pretty modern beat-em-ups, which I don't know if you guys have played, but I was really interested in them. It, the, the two that I had in my mind are River City Girls, and River City Girls is kind of an expansion. It's a spin-off of the modern remake of River City Ransom. There's a There was a modern remake of, of the yeah. River City, and that game was actually unplayable. It had these incredibly complicated mechanics, but um, <laughs> it had this very crazy rpg system where you leveled up your character by walking into these randomly placed restaurants which would give you a buff maybe except nobody ever explained how any of it worked and every you had to travel all the way across the map a million times (laughs) i played it for like 15 hours with my brother until he realized that we hadn't made any progress for like seven hours um so we stopped but and then the same team or or maybe not the same team a little later, they made River City Girls, which they just made as River City Girls 2. And River City Girls was astounding. It's it's a... Yeah, it's oh, super yeah, good. So you played it. It's a, it's a connected map. Yeah. It has a full RPG-style progression system. It's funny. It's got great combat. It's got great art. And when I was playing that game, I, just, I was like, wow, these people have really taken beat-em-ups and brought them into the modern era you see this kind of fully integrated system and i think that what we want when we play these games is not just to be is not just to go back to a game that makes us feel what they felt though we do want that i think what we also want is we want to see them built on i think that with these old games what we want is we want to we want to glimpse into an alternate world where the development of the genres that we enjoyed as little little human creatures didn't stop you see the genre keep developing and fusing right street street fighter 2 had not killed them yeah and so like you see that really well in river city girls and another game that i really liked kind of similar to river city girls but this one's very obscure it's a game called mana rights and mana rights is this it's incredible it's this little game made by one guy and it's it's similar to river city girls and then it has a full world map like almost like a Dragon Quest-style world map. You, you go, you explore. It has hidden areas. You have a, an elaborate weapon system where you where you get weapons, you unlock new armors. I think there might even be a crafting system. It has a bunch of different difficulties. It has three classes, which actually play nothing like each other. A, 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 a brawler type, I believe like a thief or like a, an, a, an archer, and then a mage. Each of them plays completely different. And the most interesting thing is... is the, the genre expands, but then even the gameplay is also really interesting because the gameplay is actually really slow for a beat 'em up. But because they've kind of you kind of play it at like half speed, you can it becomes way right. more technical. You see enemies coming and you really 
can walk out of their way. There's a very technical element. They, they, you see the attack coming, you can step back and counter. And when I played this game, I was just like, wow, what? so incredible to see this one dude by himself drawing this, writing this, essentially taking this genre forward all, all by, all by their lonesome. And I just, it's just so. Yeah. Because it is the smaller, the smaller teams doing it right now. It's the smaller teams. Yeah. Making the, making the strides for, I mean, really all, uh, all the genres that we loved, uh, as kids that have been kind of abandoned by the triple A space. Yeah. I mean, you even see Stardew Valley that way. It's like one guy just decided to remake Harvest Moon because there were no more coming out. And he loved it. He just loved it that much. Yeah, and it's 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 kind of the best one. But uh yeah, I think that that's the other part of what makes a successful retro game is like you want it to feel like it did because part of what the feeling when you're younger is this sort of like broad expansive view of it. When you're 7 years old and you're playing the Ninja Turtles game, you don't think like oh, this is just like one stage then another stage then another stage. Right. You think of it as like an interconnected map i thought of it yeah as an adventure for me it was an adventure and the map the map was connected because like that's where we had to go from one place to the next place on that adventure Uh, so the map was always connected in my head whether it was or not in the actual game yeah right exactly it's like you and because you spend so much time with a game because you don't have a hundred games at your fingertips you you kind of like uh outside of the game even when you're not playing it you continue to build it yeah um and so, like, what modern games need to do that, and this is, I think, the hard part of making a modern retro game, is that you need to both make it feel the way it did when you were a kid, but also make it, you know, fill it out with this other stuff that literally wasn't in the game, but that in your head as a child yeah. was there. Yeah, if, if uh, it feels like it could have been there or maybe should have been there, uh, depending, right, cause depending like, on your I- memory of it. My memory of playing the old Dragon Quest games is like I knew they were narrative light. Like right. you know, most of the game is kind of a there is no narrative essentially. But playing it now, I'm like, oh man, there uh, there literally is nothing to this game. Yeah, you just go out and fight monsters. But in my head, it was like, you know, I'm doing this epic quest. Yeah, and, and that's the epic because quest... kids are just really good at using imagination to fill in gaps. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that's like the funniest thing when people try to point out uh, like plot holes in, I don't know, like a Marvel movie or like some kids movie. It's like, who cares? Yeah, because I, I guarantee that you don't have any, uh, you know, seven year old critics di- diving that deep. They just they they're there for the spectacle and uh, a mostly cohesive story that, for the most part, they can follow from beat to beat. It doesn't matter if it makes sense. Can they follow it? Yeah. Well, it's also like they fill in the gaps themselves. Like, the, and you. They may not even realize that that's what they did, you know, when they're talking about, like, Star Wars, the Clone Wars, 10 years later. Right. Um, you can be like, no, like, none of that stuff is in the movie. And you're like, well, I remember all of it. And it's like, I believe that you do because you put yourself so fully into the movie that you filled in any narrative gaps. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and that, uh, I mean, that's like why certain kinds of uh, properties have sort of, um, we call it critical armor. Yeah. You know, it's like... I can tell I can tell people how bad, you know, the Captain America movie is, or like how bad Captain America Civil War is. But uh, no one wants to hear it. Yeah, because who cares? Because it was it was <laughs> dope seeing him, you know, pull the helicopter back, or you know, yeah, have, or when the Winter Soldier like catches his shield with his metal arm. Like that's the part they care about. Like 
Like, yeah. I'm, and I'm sorry for like some people if like simplifying it that way like is like upsetting, but like that, uh, what it doesn't matter because that's what's like putting people in the seats and like getting kids to dress up as Cap and Winter Soldier for Halloween because they want to yeah, it's re- also recreate those scenes. Yeah, it's just blowing their dang mind. I remember when The Matrix came out and people, people now, I feel like there's been some recent push to talk about how The Matrix was always a bad movie. And it's like, dude, you're missing the point. Right. Like, The Matrix was never meant to be, like, the greatest movie of all time. It was because we were 11. Right. I mean, I was 17. (laughs) Well, whatever. (laughs) But, like, that's part of it, too, is, like, uh, you know, there weren't, it came out at a time where there weren't other movies like it. Right. And it so it kind of came out at this perfect time. It's not like it was the best movie. It's kind of like um did you guys see Boondock Saints? You know. Yeah. I did. Yeah. I feel like I know, oh, missing out. Crazy. Uh I feel like all right, Joe. Well I think for our for our micro generation, I feel like Boondock Saints was like the movie. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, I mean people were quoting it, was, it, people were talking about I'm gonna get a Boondock Saints tattoo, uh all kinds yeah. of stuff like that. Like for a cult indie movie it was like gargantuan yeah um and uh that movie's not good i haven't watched but, it in forever but like my memory of it was that i really enjoyed it when it came out so like yeah it was i mean it was it was awesome it was like the best movie ever but it also like isn't that good yeah and uh but like that kind of isn't what matters it's, it's not uh, it's not it doesn't like it like, like like movies that like it only matters like if a movie's actually a good movie if it's like setting out to be in my opinion, yeah, that's that's my opinion on it. Like because like, if you like accidentally make a great movie, uh, but you're trying for something else, but it's also great, that's like a happy accident. But if like right. you're like going for like slapstick comedy and it's not like the the best thing ever done, but you're like I I literally like my vision of what this was supposed to be is how it came out on film. So like, is, is it bad? Like I mean, objectively right. maybe or subjectively, but it's like I did what I wanted to do. It, it recreated what I was trying to do. So I, yeah. I don't care and if it's bad. <laughs> a quick defense of the Boondock Saints, which is, like I said, not that good. But it was, you know, it was a debut filmmaker's debut movie. Um, he was a ter- tremendous asshole. So he kind of torched his career uh, before it even started, before the movie even got released. But he was very much going for like a Tarantino kind of movie, obviously, mm-hmm. but set in Boston instead of wherever. Um, and so. If he if he had had the chance to make like six more movies, I bet he'd be making pretty good movies now. Right. You know, most people's first movie is not like the best movie you're ever going to see. It's not like it's a just, music uh, when we talked about like a, a an artist's first right. album is usually really good because they've been practicing and practicing for years. A movie is still right. like this is my first shot and it's the first time I'm doing this. Yeah, literally, because like you know you 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 can make a, like the three of us can make a movie, but it's so different than what we could do if we had 20 more people. Right. And co- cooperating with 20 more people is Skill. 20 times harder. Mm-hmm. Probably more like 50 times harder. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, movies are, they're just different. But, uh, but yeah. anyway, back to, uh, so back to, they should make, man, they should make a boondock saints beat them up. They could. They absolutely could. <laughs> because like, uh, one that up, perfect. To, to, to beat them ups today. Like we've been talking a lot about playing beat em ups as a kid, right? But like when you guys return to beat em ups yes. today, how do you feel? And, and I, I have feelings because feel, I do still play them. So what do you, what do you guys experience? What do you feel? I, I want I want co op to like work well. I know that um, if I recall, at least on on Switch, and I mean that comes with its own uh, set of issues uh, by in and of itself because the the platform is so old. 
but it had issues uh, making uh, like good connections between people trying to play co-op online uh, when it first came out on Streets of Rage. And I know that's like that's like a huge bummer for people who just want to like get at least halfway there of playing with someone else do, doing a beat 'em up. Yeah. And so like I want co-op that works well. I suppose I really would want it to have uh, a couch co-op option to where you know you can put them all up on a screen because back in the day, the, you know, that the new Mario dude. Yeah. Oh man, we'll talk about couch that. Couch co-op and online. We'll oh, talk boy. about we'll talk about that. At, at, once once folks can uh like play it and we can all just enjoy uh the mario spectacle together um it's already it's already my favorite game uh ever <laughs> it's probably the best game yeah ever um but like so yeah good couch co-op because like you know now that we have like widescreen tvs like you could fit more action more scenery and more characters uh right like so the, the thing i want the beat up also to do uh that i did not necessarily like as a kid, but it was just a fact of life was like slow down when too many things were happening on screen. I would sacrifice some spectacle and some like effects to make sure it's constantly running like real smooth, like with a bunch of, a bunch of folks, you know, like if you're getting four to six people, like all the explosions and movements on screen, I I would like to see that somehow run real well at the, you know, at the expense of maybe background detail or uh, you know particle effects or something because I think a really smooth, uh, smooth running beat 'em up you know maybe locked at like sixty frames per second like a lot of a lot of them have been over the years. It's just, it just feels so good to play and we always talk about game feel and how like good stuff is because yeah like like my kids are of a generation where like they notice stuff like slowdown and sometimes it's because like their their hmm. tablet that they're playing on is just full of all kinds of garbage that they have just filled it up with. So like the game like doesn't have any headroom to render things and like whatnot. And so like, you know, my, my oldest plays Minecraft and he makes these gigantic worlds with like tons of draw distance and pop in. And it's like, it's barely crawling along and he's, and he hates it. You know, he likes playing on the, on the PC where the Minecraft is running smoothly. Uh, and so right. like, you know, for, for a modern beat up, I think it's got to run well because like, Kids are more like back in the day when like there was no you couldn't improve your computer. You couldn't like modify your Nintendo to make it run, you know, like <laughs> Mega Man 5 better. I'm, I'm going with some of the later ones that were really pushing the hardware. You know, you couldn't do that. Like the yeah. game was the game. The slowdown was part of it. But now that we don't have to have that, uh, you know, let's let's make it run smooth. Yeah. As I said with uh, beat em ups, I I can only basically play them the wrong way, though. There is a little bit of the right way in what I'm doing because I'm playing them by myself. Um, and my son doesn't play them yet, but he does watch me play. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, you know, he does his own hooting and hollering while I'm, he, he tells me which turtle to pick. Yeah. Um, he loves, he loves Casey Jones too. So if Casey he, Jones if he beats, real good. Yeah. But you can't be Casey Jones and the new Ninja Turtles until you beat it. Yes. And, uh, he of course is the best one. Um, but so he loves watching the Ninja Turtles and hilariously, the new Ninja Turtles is based on the cartoon that uh, Joe. I think you and I grew up yes, with. Yes, I saw Absolutely. it. Kyle's, no, I Kyle's saw too it. young probably to watch it. I have no recollection of. He's what too young. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, yeah, no one, the, the no one, one designed does. to sell the toys is the one Eddie's referring to. Yeah, um, because the one that my son is able to watch because it's the one that's streamable, at least on the streaming services we have, which is way too many of them, most of them. Yeah. Um, it's the one that started in like the year 2000. Yeah, yeah. That uh, one's actually really good though. It's got real good animation. It uh it's it uh, it has a very very objectively inferior theme song. Uh <laughs> it's just not as good. Uh yeah. 
And some of the voices don't quite sound right. Like they're good. They're they're, they're not bad. They're not bad. I don't want to say yeah. that, but they're just when you're like have the old ones in your head, uh, they're just a little off. But like the animation's real good, and the the writing yeah. is pretty good. Did you guys watch the Jackie Chan Adventures I when you were not. growing up? Uh uh-uh. uh Oh, same style animation. That show that show was awesome. Um, they should have made that into a video game. Beat them up. They could. Beat, you beat could absolutely uh, Rumble in the Bronx. Uh, beat them up. Let's let's. I'd play that all day long. Oh yeah, I'd still. Play that, yeah. Um, but anyway, so uh, he watched he wa- he watches that Ninja Turtles, which is far less mutant heavy. So like, uh, you know, the first level of the new Ninja Turtles, you fight um, Bebop. Yeah, and he's he's like, who's that? And um, I th- they don't tell you the name until you get to the end of the level, and I didn't remember, so I was like, uh, I don't know, that big <laughs> like, dude, yeah, we'll, 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 man. we'll find out. <laughs> um, and so uh, yeah, it was kind of funny playing through the whole game, and every time there's a new bad guy show people like who's that i'd be like uh it's like you know the 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 mosquito i don't know yeah. like can we like, now it's super fly can we can we just talk about just real quick how good that chrome dome fight is like the the, the you know the robot shredder where you have to like throw the dudes at the screen like just like turtles yeah that was time. genius right like oh, yeah. i was oh i was hooting and yeah. hollering to beat the band <laughs> man when we do that like like because here's the thing with these new games uh I've been playing them with my kids because uh, mine, mine are uh, seven and nine. They're just they're old enough to like you know play these. That's the best way to play. And uh, like the, we were talking about it earlier, Kyle, you you were the first one to bring it up. But I mean, it obviously goes without saying. Like the controls just kind of make sense to kids. You put you can make it go the direction you want to go with the stick, and then there's like two attack buttons. There's an attack and jump. Let's if you want to simplify it, like you can do other stuff with other buttons and configurations. But if you just wanted to focus on attacking and jumping, you can do that especially when you're that age. And so when Streets of Four, yeah. uh, Streets of Rage 4 came out, uh, you know, on launch day, I cranked the uh, difficulty all the way down, you know, because at the time my kids were, you know, uh, five and seven. Uh, and, you know, we played through the whole game on easy uh, so that, um, you know, we could get through it and see most of it. And the, the, the wildest part was we got, you know, to the end, uh, and this is the thing. This 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 was a total moment that Kyle mentioned earlier, and when you mentioned, where like we're basically out of quarters because we're out of credits. It's credit based. Right. Both my kids are dead, and it's just me, <laughs> and it's the boss, and he's almost down. Um, and like they're cheering me on, and you know jumping around as you know kids can't really sit still to play video games. I don't think. Right. And I don't. Maybe I couldn't either. Like so, we're having this moment where they're they're cheering me on, and I'm trying to like stay alive because I'm really low on health, and I can't continue either because like I'm on my very last life. You know, I let right. them get most of the lives because like you know when they die, you can bring them back, but like you have a a, a pool of lives, and uh, you know I beat it, and they thought it was like the coolest thing in the world, and I was like achieved like demigod status in their eyes for five minutes because you know we could all watch the credits roll together, and it was so cool because. You know, even though it was like on easy, I was still sweating because like I like I have this, you know, uh, this pressure to 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 beat this for them. Like, it's not really for me at that point. Like, they're like, I want to see the end. Like, what happens? Like, I don't want to start over. And so like we did it. And it was just a really cool moment, man. Like, I just like I think back about that, like all the time, whenever any news or something comes up with like Streets of Rage 4 or when they like announce the DLC, I just thought back to the very first day on launch day when like we beat it together. And then, you know, yeah. we did the same thing with Turtles. We played through it, uh, you know, the first weekend we got it. And, you know, I don't think we beat it the first weekend because it's like a little bit longer and 
you know, you can level up your turtles and they get stronger. Right. And so it's like harder to beat on your like your first try because your dudes aren't as good. Um, but you know, we beat it in a couple. Especially for when I played it, because uh, my son would always have me switch to turtles. Oh yeah. So like I, I'd have like Leonardo at level five, and I'm like, all right, let's go, let's do this. And he'd be like, I want you to play Michelangelo. It's like, well, we haven't played as Michelangelo. Yeah, and he's yet, level zero. So. Uh, we have to. Yeah, we have, we like, don't even have the extra piece of health. Yeah, so I'm on you know level ten or whatever, and I have this zero level guy. But uh, so yeah. that made it a little harder, but still fun. Yeah, we so you know these these modern ones are are super fun to play with the kids, and uh, the one we're working on right now is uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Have you played that? Uh, no. Uh, oh man, so it's based on the movie from what 2010 ish yeah. around 20, 2009. I don't know, uh, and it's really good. Like it came out and then it went away, and it was like not on shelves, and they 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 kind of like you know repackaged it, and it's available again. And it's a really good beat 'em up, uh, and you can level your dudes in that too. And uh, you know they they have their favorites. They just pick which character they like the look of most, and then they just level them. Yeah, <laughs> we have three. That's the way to... We have three copies of it in the house because like they want to level their dudes <laughs> like by themselves, and then when we get together to play, like they want their own thing, and that's fine. That's oh, cool. Funny. So yeah, that's that's hilarious. Um, I think we lost Kyle, but uh, yes. I guess we'll just yeah. We'll just... We can Hopefully wrap. he hops back in, or we'll just yeah, we'll, we just we'll, carry we'll on. wrap it up if he doesn't uh, at some point. You know, uh, what other uh, what other beat em ups did you want to want to talk about? Um, I didn't have, I guess, any, but I did want to talk about what you just talked about, and you know, I said like that's the right way to play it, and I meant it, and not just like I don't think it's just that co op is the right way to play it. I think the best way to play it right now, if you're listening at home. And you have one of these beat 'em ups. They're rare, itch, you know, itching to itching to play. Yeah. Uh, find some little kids, preferably you know ones that you're related to. Yes. And <laughs> and play with them. Yes. Because playing with another, you know, someone who's in their 30s or 40s or 50s or whatever, it'll be it'll be fun. You'll have a, you'll have a great time, but you will have nowhere near as fun as if you're playing with a little kid. Because like even playing with my son who's four, you know, he like I said, he can't really play, but. uh he will just he'll just go bananas you know when things happen he's he's so stoked and so excited that it makes even though i'm playing it by myself it still makes it so fun right and it's kind of like i'm getting the feeling of playing it with other people because he's like you know my little uh my little cheerleader there yeah um, like, and that's something like moral it, support <laughs> is not underrated in these games like the moral support right. is so good yeah, and it's like, you know, if I was playing with my wife, we'd have fun and we'd laugh and stuff like that, but she also would be, you know, she, she, it'd be different. Yeah, well, it's <laughs> it's it's funny because, like, I'm trying to, I'm doing one of those things where I'm remembering back to my childhood because uh, Streets of Rage 1 and 2 were uh, games I played with my dad. Like, Streets of Rage uh-huh. uh, as a series is synonymous both now with playing with my dad and playing with uh, my sons um, because, like, you know, it was... It's simple enough that, like, you know, a dude in his, you know, 40s uh, with almost no video game experience can m- move the character to the right and push the punch button, you know, to to, to whack stuff. And, yeah. like, you know, that was just, like, bonding time, you know? I, lo- I, loved, yeah. I loved doing it. And, like, I remember it was, like, weird because it was finally something that, like, I was better at than my dad was. And so I could, uh-huh. help, I could help him. And that was, like a really cool a really cool feeling at the time right um i actually remember one time that i was like not proud of playing streets of rage where like we were playing and i needed the health and my dad had full health but he ate the chicken uh 
And I was like, oh, dad, you're an idiot. And I felt like immediately bad. Like he wasn't even mad or anything. But I remember I yeah. like, I felt so bad that I said that to him. I like burst into tears and like ran out the house and like went and sat. I was like sitting in my backyard, just in the grass, fe- like feeling terrible that I called my dad an idiot over a video game. Yeah. Um, and like, I don't know, like that stuff like sticks with me. You know, I'm, I'm 41 years old sitting here thinking about and feeling bad about calling my dad an idiot again all these years later, like 32 years yeah. after the fact. I think it kind of speaks to like how, um, you know, we've talked about it before, like video games are, they, they just like any other experience, they tie to our emotions mm-hmm. and especially because, you know, they're art. Um, even, even games as silly and simple as uh, punching and kicking dudes for an hour. Yeah. Um, it's still, you connect to it in like a visceral way. And, uh, you know, I, while you were telling that story, I was thinking about, you know, just shared proximity and time is such a big thing. It's like people love to fish. I am not one of them. I, I'm I know also a lot of not, people, not one of them. Yeah. But it's like, you know, what do you do when you fish? It's like, well, you're, you're barely fishing. Yeah. Or I guess fish like, like actively fishing is barely fishing. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and, and also you're probably a lot of times I, the people I know don't go fishing by themselves a lot unless they got like yeah. something they need to like think about or work out. Yeah. Otherwise they're going with their buddies and drinking beer on the boat you know yeah and it's like it's just an excuse to hang out and even if you're not like talking that much um which i feel like is a common fisherman trait is like you're just kind of quietly sitting there but you're sitting there together it's the, yeah the and proximity that's what makes it yeah that's um so even when you're like playing couch co-op and or at the arcade like you know you're playing with a stranger who just tossed in a quarter because you're playing by yourself and you're at a boss uh you might play with that kid for the next 20 minutes never say a word to them and then, like, when you're all done, you're like, hey, you want to you wanna come over to my house? Mom, can this can this stranger come over to my house? And she's like, oh, who is that? I'm like, I don't know. He's cool, though. <laughs> yeah, he's awesome. <laughs> you know, he, li- he likes Street Fighter. Like, he's yeah, got to yeah. be cool, what right? What else is there to know? Yeah, he's here. He's cool. And uh, I like him. It's like, oh, all right. And it's like, yeah, didn't even didn't even say a word to him. But, uh, you know, that's... <laughs> That's kind of a uh, how maybe this is just like a little child thing too. It's just like that's how friendships start. It is, but a hundred percent is you find something you both like, and if you happen to be both liking it together at the same time, like it, that's it. You don't, you don't yeah. need anything which is, else. Which is kind of funny now that I think about it. it. I mean, you have two kids, so you know how it is when like uh, at first before they can really play together like little kids just do parallel play it's like they're they're playing with the same thing at the same time but they are very much not playing together right um yeah parallel and, play is actually like uh from a developmental standpoint also important for for growth yeah yeah but so it, it, to some extent you can see that even with couch co-op where it's like you can play couch co-op with your buddy when you're you know seven or 15 for hours right and barely say a word to each other yeah. But in that time, you've become phenomenally closer. Yeah. Like, in ways that are, like, uh, I, I remember playing Castlevania 64, which uh, is the best Castlevania. Don't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, my, my mouth was starting to move, but I have been, <laughs> I, I, I have been uh, required to say nothing. Yes. Um, but it's, like, part of why I love that one so much is because of these memories of, like, me and my friends... Uh, just playing it like nonstop for like 15 hours, like uh, just, just constantly playing it. And, you know, it's a, it's a hard game, not necessarily by design, like by design, it is also hard, but also just the, uh, 
if anyone has played Nintendo 64's uh, Castlevania game, they probably know what I'm talking about. It's like it's a uh, it's a fumbly game. Yeah, it's it's a it's fidgety not, game. Yeah, it's not uh, precision. Is not it, <laughs> man. I'm, try, I'm really trying. I'm trying to be diplomatic. I'm just not going to talk. I'm just going to let you finish <laughs> saying. But it's like you know, playing that game with them for so many hours straight. Uh, it it became like a big moment for us because like you know we got several. The game's only like I don't know three or four hours. But so we got like several of the endings the same night, yeah. Because we just played nonstop, uh, and uh, you know, you get the first ending, and you're like, you're like, ah, oh, this is this is kind of like the bad ending. We got to play it on hard to get the good one, and we got to do like these things. Um, and uh, man, when you get that like the quote unquote like good ending, you feel like you climbed Mount Everest. Yeah, and like even even though you've been, just been passing the controller back and forth with your friend, and like that's the primary way you've communicated for like eight hours. Mm-hmm. When you get to that end, it's 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 like you you know, it's like you really went. It's like going through war. Probably, I'm not a soldier. I don't know nothing. Yeah, but <laughs> it's like you're in the trenches together, and you just kind of like look at each other, and you're like, dude, we made it. Yeah, we did it. We came out the other side, and we, we're we've changed, but for the better. Yes, <laughs> probably. Man, we we. I'm going to talk about Castlevania 64 when we do our Castlevania episode we, because uh, we should because like I don't think well, enough. I, people, well, here's the thing: like, what, what my opinions on it or whatever, but like a lot of people really. I mean, that might have been their first Castlevania because N64 was a lot of people's first console. Uh, yeah, it was uh, my first Castlevania actually. Yeah, and so um, so like, there's oh, man, your first Castlevania, like you're going to remember it differently than if it's your fourth or your fifth. Oh yeah, and a, a big part of that for me, why I remember it, I think so well is because I and I still I stand by this that it has some of the best music in Castlevania which is saying a lot. Yeah, man. Castlevania has like, such good music. Even from the series. very first one. Castlevania's music, you know, we kind of talked about Mega Man's music. It's like Castlevania's music is like Mega Man good. Maybe maybe even better. Yeah. I um, I, I could go that far. Yeah, I can, I can yes. I've listened to it more on its own than I have Mega yeah. Man and I I listen to them both. And uh, the Castlevania 64, when you turn on the game, it just there's this haunting violin melody, and it is, it is just like monstrously good. Go, is, go listen so to it, good. folks. You you do yourself yeah. a favor. Yeah. Like but, uh, man, like as far as beat 'em ups, uh, I mean, but no beat 'em ups. <laughs> that's all I have to say about beat 'em ups. Beat 'em ups are sort of you know they're related to uh, you know platformers in a way because they do right. have uh, jump and uh, well other action whether it's swinging a whip or shooting a, a mega buster um but like you get more free range of movement because you're not just limited to the uh 2d plane that you're walking on so it's not like yeah, just pushing right there's up and down also which yeah there's depth which uh, is interesting yeah it's it's interesting because it gives you ways to avoid attacks that are different even if it's as simple as just pressing up and down on the d-pad it gives you uh, like more options because like right. before you you could duck that's but that's not the same as going down like on a, like moving downward on the screen or moving upward, um, and so like it it really is sort of like this evolution, you know, it's a it's an evolution of a style that we thought I think at, at the time especially when Street Fighter Two came out I think a lot of people said well we've done we've seen everything that can be done with a beat 'em up, I don't think that it can right. be, you know, evolved on at this point improved on. Um, I think I think it's it's sort of like it's run its course, so you know let's let's move on to other things, you know. And and I think that there was also a shift in as kids got older, they wanted to do what was cool, and what was cool was playing you know Street Fighter Two with the older kids at the arcade. Uh, yeah, and I, so I do. 
it does seem like just fighting games just just destroyed the uh in 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 a sense even kind of destroyed the arcade once they came to home consoles yeah yeah i mean because because the both of those both of those uh scenarios were uh they happened around this giant fighting game renaissance that happened in the mid to late 90s yeah it's because like so what one thing that arcades did to try to compete with the fact that you can now play street fighter or mortal kombat at home is they made bigger and more like uh, complex machines that's where like your you know your three screened x-men game comes from yeah and the the huge racing games where like you you know you're sitting in a cockpit yeah a literal cockpit um but like the downside of that is that that kind of accelerated the demise of arcades is because you you can't have one of those at the pizza shop right or at, it's too you know, big the it's, it's taking up two or three spaces that could be used yeah. in getting in or it's just it's just expensive yeah. like it's it's huge it's expensive um you know not enough people are playing it maybe i don't know but uh you know so it's it kind of accelerated this problem where it's like uh, arcade games became more interesting but that kind of killed them yeah. also yeah it was sort of like, <laughs> like it was it was definitely like a double edged sword uh, because yeah. you got a lot of really cool revolutionary things, um, but you also like didn't need to go spend quarters because you could pay the money up front, spend fifty, sixty bucks on the game, and then you didn't have to keep pumping money into it. Uh, that would right. uh, change again, uh, thanks to microtransactions <laughs> later down the road. Well, uh, we're back where we started, you know. But um, yeah, but at the time, you know, you just buy the game, play it at home, and uh, but that still made developers a lot of money. And they're like, we don't have to make these expensive arcade machines. We don't have to pay to have them assembled right. and shipped to places. We can just burn it to a disc. Everything was disc based at the time, and uh, yeah, just just go because from there. If you think of those cabinets, they were like, you know. Ten thousand dollars or more. They were that's, super uh, expensive. They're still they're still very of, expensive. Yeah, it's a lot of money for, especially if you're just like a neighborhood pizza shop, to buy. Let's say a fifteen thousand dollar racing cockpit to mm-hmm. put in your restaurant that only seats you know fifteen tables. Right. That's a. Uh, it's it's unlikely. You know. Yeah, I mean, I, there's just there's not going to be. Unfortunately, you know, there's just not going to be a, like a market for that. It's there's no, it's the return on investment and it's the the, the number. Uh, when you're factoring those giant cabinets in, it's too low that they, they can't. Especially when you're talking quarter at a time. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's 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 too bad because like there's still, I feel like room to I to to iterate on what arcades can be. Um, that's not yeah. just uh, like gotcha games and like uh, prize machines. Because when you go to an arcade now, that's they're filled with those. It's it's a little bit depressing yeah. for me. Like my kids love it because they like prize machines, but they've never seen an arcade in the heyday of games where it's nothing but stuff you want to play everywhere. Right. There is a bit of a renaissance happening with arcades, usually in a bar. Like yeah. the bar is like an arcade bar. Yeah. Do you guys have those? Yeah. The barcade. Yeah. So like those, um, I think they're coming back and like, I was just at that bachelor party that I was at a few weeks ago. Um, we went to a bar that had like a bunch of, uh, you know, old TV, CR TVs and, uh, like uh, Sega Genesis's and Nintendo 64's and things like that yeah. for people to play. So, you know, that's kind of a similar experience where like, yeah. and you know, the nostalgia is like the main hook there. Like yeah. when you come down in there and you see people playing Mario Kart, your first thought is like, I want to play Mario Kart. Yeah. I have, or and, like, I haven't played that, that Mario Kart in 20 years. I want to play that yeah, one like, right now after I get yeah. a drink, <laughs> you know? Yeah, which is which is awesome. Like, so I think that there is a, um, 
you know, these are clearly targeting people like us who remember the arcade. We right. remember going to Chuck E. Cheese. Right. When we were six years old. Yeah, but now it's like, and we remember, like, well, like Dave and Buster's. Do you guys have those in Minnesota? Like, I feel like oh, those yeah, are everywhere. I, I've never, I've never been to one actually. I, I think um, they're starting to get more filled up with like prize machines again. But uh, yeah, but that's like you well, know. we have, we have a cool arcade here. Um, it's, I mean, it's not like a franchise or anything, but you you pay a flat fee to enter. Yeah, I think it's like fifteen bucks, and then it it is all it's arcade machines. You know, so they have like a, I don't think they have Streets of Rage, but they have like um. Well, Streets of Rage, uh, if I recall, was only a console release. It was made in, like, oh, okay. uh, as a response to how popular all the, like, arcade ones were. And, I mean, Sega had some oh, good ones at the time. They had Golden Axe and a couple other good ones. But they're like, okay, yeah. we're going to take on Final Fight and Street Fighter by making this incredible new thing called Streets of Rage. Yeah, But, like, they have uh, the Rampage games, if you remember mm-hmm. those. Which those are, are so good. Not, they're kind of, like, not dissimilar from beat-em-ups in that... The main difference is that you don't scroll left to right. But right, you go uh, up and down the buildings and s- smash and, them. Yeah, you, they're smash them ups, not beat yeah. them ups. Yeah, but like, uh, it's yeah, so very simple. Another quarter- simple thing, though, is I guess where yeah. I was going with that. Very simple concept. In, in, instead of put, putting in quarters, you just are, you know, you go in there, pay flat fee of fifteen dollars, and you can play whatever you want for as long as you want. And we brought the kids there, and it was, it was really fun. Yeah, I think I, we're gonna try to do like a birthday party there. Or that, something. that would be super fun. Because like I would like to do something like that if we if we have something like that in town because I don't want to pay like man those those prize machines get so expensive and they're over so yeah. quickly like you can just burn <laughs> fifteen twenty dollars in a matter of like three minutes like it sucks yeah and the prize sucks too yeah like it's just it's just not worth it and so I would like to see more beat 'em ups more arcades that's the moral of the story that's what that's that's yeah. what I'm sticking to it and I think I think this new Ninja Turtle game. Especially how I think it's doing pretty well. It is. I guess it's hard to say. Yeah, I, from um, what I understand, the sales are pretty good so far. Yeah, I would not be surprised if we see some kind of you know slight renaissance here. It's not yeah. going to be. It's not going to be like a, a you know triple A games are going to be beat 'em ups now. Although, um, uh, as I've said before, I really do in my heart of hearts believe the Yakuza series is uh, the modern evolution of the beat 'em up. Ooh, it's 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 basically modern beat 'em up that has RPG elements and incredible characters. Um, we'll have to. I need to play these games, and we need to talk about them because I recently, even without playing them, I uh, just knowing about what they are. Someone was like, uh, "What would you say is the Ulysses of video games?" And without <laughs> even missing a beat, I was like, "I'm pretty sure it's Yakuza." Yeah, as a series, just in general, because yeah. like. Start with Yakuza. I'll leave Zero. it at that for now, yeah. and then we'll. Whenever we'll, I play we'll these back. Yakuza games, yeah. When I play these Yakuza games, I will, uh, I'll, we'll make a podcast, and I will also write five thousand words about why I'm right. Yes, we need to make it happen, <laughs> man. Like because if nothing else, it gets you to play these games that, um, I absolutely adore, and then I can like talk to you about them because like everyone I want to talk to them about, like these are all people who are potential Yakuza enjoyers. And right. I know that if I start like just busting out like plot spoilers, like that's gonna kind of ruin parts of it for him. Like, they, like some of this stuff is so good, like you you owe it to yourself to experience rather than be be told about it. And so, uh, definitively, in my uh, humble opinion, Yakuza is the modern beat 'em up with uh, you know modern sensibilities, like stuff that people like. Yeah. Well. I gotta play them. Yeah. And I think that that's probably a good place. To yeah, end, yeah. Let's the because like a, of beat 'em ups 
is Yakuza. Yeah, I want to um, the future and present. Um, I, I want to revi- yeah. I want to revisit these, and I I wouldn't mind maybe getting Kyle back on, and maybe we can get Rick back on too because he is also a beat 'em ups enjoyer. Um, he had, oh, yeah. he had work uh, commitments today, unfortunately. So um, I would like to get more opinions where um, I will talk less, uh, they will talk more, and uh, because man, like. Just the last thing I'm going to say is like I was just looking at like what we had during the 16-bit area, uh, area Jesus era. There's three streets <laughs> of rage games, Turtles in Time, arguably the greatest beat 'em up of all time. Some people would say I like it; it's up there for me. Genesis had like a spin on it called the Hyperstone Heist. There's three Golden Axe games. The Simpsons and X-Men both had just excellent like four to six player arcade games. Capcom was just making bangers with Final Fight. Well, Final Fight wasn't a banger, but they had Captain Commando and King of Dragons, Knights of the Round. Uh, Battletoads games existed. Uh, the Genesis had Splatterhouse. Uh, I don't know if you played any of those, but I was when I was talking no. about like giant sprites, you know, like they went really uh-huh. overboard. You'll have to look into the Splatterhouse games. I don't think they're necessarily that great. They're they're good, uh, but like the sprite work in it is really really good, uh, and so that's why hmm. I think they're worth mentioning. Um, and then you know the best one, uh, potentially in my opinion, the best beat 'em up of at least that era was Aliens vs. Predator, which we still don't have a way to play uh, on modern consoles. But uh, that is good. That is a good, good game. Um, Interesting. And so, like, we were just feasting, and we didn't even know. And so we got to come yeah. back and, like, talk about more of these because that's, that's a lot, man. That's a lot of games. That's a lot of, a lot of mans punched, a lot of cans kicked, <laughs> and, and meat eaten. Uh-huh. Well, maybe what I'll do is I will play some of these and also prepare... A way to interview Kyle and Rick about these games. Yeah, because I, I I don't have do the history with the genre that you guys do, and uh, because I would just be playing them by myself, it's 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 just not the right way to play them. Yeah. It is fun though. I I won't like for yeah, me. I won't go as, games. I I mean I can understand why you might say it's the wrong way, but like I will still have a good time, especially like leveling up characters and unlocking stuff. I think that's been a really good thing that the new ones have added. The new Turtles, Streets of Rage, they both do this. Yeah. Um, I want to see more of that. There are RPG elements, man. Put that in every game, every genre. Give me, yes. give me stuff to unlock and, and and power ups to gain. Like, let me keep improving my improving my mans or my my ladies, whatever, whoever <laughs> uh-huh. I pick, you know, whatever. Uh, just let yeah. me let me do it. Let me let me have it. Yeah, I think that's gonna be kind of. I mean, it's already here. I think it's gonna stay. Cool. I mean, I I'm, I hope so because like I've been look I've been looking forward to it. I, I I've been beyond uh, happy uh, with all the stuff that I've had. It's it's been a a second coming of the feasting of, of the beat 'em ups. Yeah. Well, Eddie, where can uh, where can everybody find you? Well, people can find me at radicaledward.substack.com. And since Kyle's not here to plug his own stuff, um, you can find him on Twitter. I think it's just Kyle Munts, um, but. Uh, we Kyle and I also co-write a space opera series that I'll put in the show notes, and uh, we can go from there. Sounds good. Um, hey guys, right. and then hey, Joe, where he... can they find? Oh, oh my god, I, 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 I we we're just we're just, we're just like wrapping a up. Big mountain of muscle and meat crashing through it... the onslaught of computer problems <laughs> and the threats of having but not having lost a file. I feel that I have nice. overcome a uh, mighty challenge, and I am here to fight the boss. I, actually, I suspect you guys nice. are on your way out, but yeah, we were just uh, we we're just in. wrapping up. Are are, are you at least uh, recording this uh, this end part? If not, I'll just I can I can fix I it in post. Of course, that's I am. great. Perfect. So set so send us to, we'll we'll get two files from you, 
edit it all in post, make it sound like this was all planned. Um, Kyle, uh, Eddie said that uh, uh, where where they can find you, but why don't you tell us where else uh, they can find you? Uh, make sure you spell your name for folks g- uh, looking you up on the Twitter X site, whatever it is. Uh, yeah, my name is Kyle K Y L E M U N T Z. My most recent book is The Pain Eater. You can find it on Amazon, or you can look me up on Twitter. I believe my name on Twitter is just Kyle Muntz. So yeah, yeah, that's perfect. And then. The Shattered Stars is what we co-write together. So yes. yeah, y- y'all got to ch- y'all well, got to check this out. I'll it's, put links in the show notes. Yeah, please, yeah. please, uh, please check these out because they're, they're this is good stuff. I mean, especially if like if you have even a passing interest in sci-fi, space opera, and or Star Trek, uh, uh, I think you I think if you like any of those things or all of those things, you will find uh, a, a lot to like and and what these guys are working on. It's the best stuff ever. Just, just I mean, it, objectively, uh, you know, we've we, we've 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 ran a lot of computer simulations on this, and it is in fact <laughs> uh, the best, objectively. Um, Genius. And you can find me on the uh, the the Twitter X at Joe M Owens. M is for Michael. Uh, just fun fun fact, I guess. Maybe not that fun. Um, and uh, yeah, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna come back to this because uh, Kyle, before you hop back on, Eddie and I were talking about uh revisiting beat 'em ups because we got we got more to say uh and we want to we want to we want to do this again there's just so many good games from that era and now that i, I think we got at least two or three more episodes that we could t- theoretically talk about stuff i mean i absolutely I agree they're in it's inexhaustible beat 'em ups they bring us to the essence of what gaming gaming is you go right you hit x and you never get tired yeah. of it yeah what more is there to say it's the human yeah, condition and, and 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 you can break stuff to get to get food, uh, uh, which you know we all know is the best way to get to get food. That's how I eat turkey. Yeah, punch somebody first. Street yeah, ham. Unless you're, playing, uh, unless, you're, unless you're in the unless you're <laughs> in the castle, then you got to break it out. You you got to break it out of the wall. Uh, that's that's, yeah, that's, that's k- the only caveat. Yeah, kick open a trash can. Whole yeah. made gourmet turkey. Yeah. Just waiting for you. Steaming hot. Uh, although I do time. like, uh, I was thinking about some other Castlevania type games and opening a treasure chest to find an entire turkey, and who know who knows how long it's been in there. Uh, you know, I've actually thought can, about can, this. You, I feel the the real paradox of the beat 'em up is the steam coming off the turkey. It's it's like it's as if somebody has been going along the street putting fresh cooked chickens or fresh cooked hams inside yeah, it's right in the front trash of you. It's, cans. It's, you know, the only the only people that I can think of with this capability is uh, Costco. Uh, from the rotisserie because they got 20 or 30 of those going at any given time and they they have the 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 manpower and the the inventory to go along in front of you down the street placing them in cans got to be costco mystery solved city planning costco perfect genius all right well anyway that is uh that's it for us and uh we will talk to you guys or talk at you guys next time (laughs) thanks thanks for having me here i really had a good time guys